Hey ladies, this is Leslie Tavernier. I am a dark feminine love coach for women who are in love with a dark masculine man. And what I do is I help you to transmute and alchemize spirals, meltdowns, freakouts, anxiety and panic attacks, and turn all of that shit into gold so that you can have a healthy relationship with your dark masculine man like I do. And so we have a very special guest today. It is my dark masculine man. And before we get into today's topic, I'm going to ask him to introduce himself to us. Peace and blessings. My name is Carly Stevens Jr., also known as Rakim Sekou, my spiritual name. I'm a metaphysician. I am the CEO and founder of the Mystery School at mysteryschool.live. And I teach empowerment and metaphysics. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so, um, before we get into it, I, I just want to preface your definition before you define it. I want to preface by saying that this is a very special moment for me because I know that when you first introduced the idea of freedom-based love, I think it was back in 2017, 2018-ish, uh, I was not resonating with that concept at all. I was actually very angry about it. And um, I made it clear to you that I didn't like your philosophy. And so um, I'm really excited now to learn from you everything about freedom-based love and how it applies to all relationships. So can you first off define for us what you mean by freedom-based love? Yeah, freedom-based love is essentially the concept where each person allows each other to have the freedom to be an autonomous, independent being and to love who they want to love freely, including themselves. And so it's just a concept where we say in order to properly love somebody, you have to allow them to be free. If you're not allowing them to be, to be free, then you don't actually love them. Yeah. If you're not allowing them to be free, then you're holding them captive and you know you are basically oppressing them in some particular kind of way. So freedom-based love is the concept that, hey, let's actually love each other. And the way to truly love somebody is to allow them to be exactly who they are. And you know, from one perspective, people claim, well, that's why I love the person because of exactly who they are. But when you actually get into relationships and you see how people function, like, no, you don't want that person to be exactly who they are. You want them to function in a very specific way and do very specific things for you. And if they don't do those things and you claim they don't love you, and that's where the toxicity comes from inside relationships. No, the reality is, look, if you love this person, that means you love how they move, the things that they say, you know, their particular swagger and all, all those kinds of things and including the choices that they make and including the choices of whether they're going to be exclusively with you or how much time they're going to spend with you versus other people. And that's where people have a hard time. Mm -hmm. You know, most people really only engage in what we call romantic love, which is conditional love, which is how you do these things for me. And I'll do these things for you. And as long as you do those things, then I'll love you and show up for you. If you don't do those things, then I'm going to, you know, go off on you or start arguments or conflict or break up. So mm -hmm. freedom love is really about having the freedom to show up exactly who you are and allowing your partner to do the same thing. Yeah, that sounds so beautiful, but it also sounds scary as hell, because as you may well know, uh, most of our relationships particularly romantic relationships are rules-based 
there are rules that have to be followed. And so the scary thing about what you're saying is that, you know, is this just a free for all? Like we just do anything and everything. Like what, what about accountability? What about responsibility? You know, what about honor? Like where do those things play in with freedom-based love? Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, so you're saying you love this person. So that means you love their level of accountability and you love their responsibility. Like, why would you claim that you love somebody if they don't show up in an accountable way, if they don't show responsibility? Like, what exactly are you loving <laughs> exactly? And when most people say they love somebody, they don't actually love the person. They love the fantasy of the individual doing particular things that they want to see them do. And so, you know, when you look at most relationships, most relationships are a mess. They, most of them fail not just the marriages, but all relationships. And the reason why is because these two individuals don't actually love each other for who they are. They love each other for the idea of who they want them to be. And, you know, we're human beings. We're not gonna fit in anybody's box. We might do it temporarily, maybe to get some things that we want or because we feel pressure to do it or because we feel guilty or whatever, we feel shame. But eventually we're going to, come back to who we actually are as individuals. And that's the person that you're supposed to love, the, you know, the real person, who they actually are, how they express themselves. And, you know, unfortunately, most people just aren't there. They're not into the real person. But again, you know, for people who are saying, well, it's going to be a free for all. Well, wait a minute. Why are you saying you love this person? Or, uh, have they displayed behavior that shows a free for all kind of behavior? Is that what they've shown you in your dating and courting process a free for all kind of behavior? Like what exactly are you claiming that you love about this person? So people got to take a step back and really look at, you know, what it is they quote unquote love or like about people. And what you'll find is that, you know, most people are just very selfish. You know, they're looking for very specific things for them and they want this individual to do those very specific things to make them happy. And they don't actually love the person for who they are or their needs or their particular healing that they, you know, require from their youth or whatever. They're looking for their own thing. And so that's a big difference between what we see in modern love versus freedom based love. So my question about that is, is, is freedom based love a way for non monogamous men like yourself uh, what, what some might refer to as man whores. Is it a way for them to justify um, having sex with a lot of women while not being responsible for any of those women? I mean, there are going to be men, especially monogamous men, who, who are utilized freedom-based love and open relating as a gateway to just having sex with multiple women and not being responsible in those types of things. I mean, people are gonna use, you know, terminologies and all these things for whatever they wanna use them for. Just like people say, like I said, with love, like people will use the term love as a way to, to suppress and cage other individuals. Oh, well, you don't love me if, unless you do what I say or you, you know, are only with me or whatever. Like people use whatever term they wanna use in order to get what they want. You know, people use relationship and they use commitment, all these terms to try to get what they want. 
they use monogamy and, and marriage to try to get what they want. So everybody's going to manipulate the terms in the same way they do the Bible. They pull the verses out that they want to use that, that make them feel good. So, yeah, everybody's going to use whatever term or relationship structure they want to use for their own benefit. But no, that's not what freedom-based love is. Freedom-based love is about loving the person for who they are and you love, you know, them for who they are. And the truth is, as human beings, we're not monogamous. You know, all the studies show that human beings are not monogamous. If you were monogamous, that you would only be interested in one person for your entire lifetime. And even if that person dies, you would no longer be interested in anybody else. You would never have any proclivity to cheat or you never have attractions for other people. That's what monogamy actually is. What most people, what they're calling monogamy is actually them attempting to be exclusive sexually with their partner. But that's a difficult thing. In the same way people have trouble staying on their diet. In the same way people have trouble making money and saving money. In the same way people have issues staying fit. In the same way people have living their authentic life and not lying and not, you know, being somebody who is outside of their particular moral or ethic code. Being exclusive sexually is also going to be a challenge and struggle for people because as human beings, we're not monogamous. We're attracted to all types of people, all types of things. We desire human contact. We desire a variety of human contact to keep us sane and to keep us balanced and to keep us well. And so that's who we are. And so we're fighting those urges and we're fighting that desire. We're fighting those needs in order to be exclusive. And, you know, most people actually are not successful at it. Even the people who end up being exclusive, they end up suppressing themselves in such a way where they're just angry and sick and overweight and, and, and just treating them, other people around them in a, in a really bad way, or they have to flock to religion very aggressively or whatever it is, just to cope with the fact that they've had to suppress their, their true desires. So, you know, there's, there's all these misconceptions out there about, you know, who we are as human beings, what relationships are what love is, all these things. And it, I just feel most people have it backwards. This is why most people have issues and challenges in the dating world. When you look at people's success rate, it's very low in relationships. And the question, well, why is that? And the answer is because, well, what you're calling love and what you're calling relationship doesn't fit who you actually are as a human and spiritual being. And you're trying to fit into a box and again, your nature does, will not allow you to fit into somebody else's box. And you sure as hell can't put somebody else into the box that you've created for them. You see what I'm saying? And so people are having a hard time out here. They don't understand why is love so hard? Why is relating so hard? Why am I having a hard time finding a partner? Why don't men want to settle down and be exclusive with me and be the, you know, make me the last person they ever want to have sex with for the rest of their life? And not have access to other people. You know, why Why is that? Well, it's because it, it, you're, it's going against the very nature of who we are as human spiritual beings. Oh. You know, we're God and God as beings on the planet. Like to limit us is, it's contrary to our nature. So people are having a hard time with that. Um, and again, it's really a cultural thing. I don't blame people individually. <laughs> I look at the culture we live in, which has no idea 
you know, what relationships actually are. It doesn't honor feminine energy, doesn't respect feminine energy, uh, doesn't really honor the true expression of masculine energy. And it's really more looking as more as, you know, just consumers and just numbers and wanting us to pair up, you know, for the sake of, you know, benefiting society and maintaining order. But again, we just don't fit in that way. So uh, is freedom-based love synonymous with open relating? Is it, are, are they the same thing? Yeah, I would say freedom-based love from my standpoint is the same thing as open relating. So freedom-based love and open relating are the same thing. Now everybody's got different definitions of different stuff. Mm -hmm. My definition of open relating is the same thing. Like, look, you do you, I do me, but we also choose to be together and love each other and respect each other and show up for each other. So the reason why you chose me is because of how I show up as a man. The reason why this person chose you is because of how you show up as a woman. And we do these things for each other because we want to do them for each other. Okay. And we agreed that we would do them for each other. Yeah. So, you know, you look at my first wife, we've been married almost 30 years. Uh, we're in an open relationship. We still show up for each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We still raise our kids together. We run our business together. Um, I support her, you know, in her different trials and tribulations and things that she wants to accomplish. She supports me in the same way. Why? Because I love her. Mm. So, because I love her and I've agreed to to be with her, I'm going to show up for her. Just because I have other partners, does that mean I'm not going to show up for her yeah. and vice versa? So for me, open relating is the same as freedom-based relating. It's like, look, you know, I love my wife and my wives for who they are. And they don't have to do a particular thing in order for me to love them. And it's the same vice versa. And so, yeah, for me, open related and freedom-based love is the same thing. I want people to be free because if you're not free, that means you're in a cage. I don't want to be with somebody who's in a cage because a caged human being or caged animal is dangerous. Mm. And they're all bad and they're also sick and they're also mentally depressed and they're also mentally ill. No, the only human beings I want to associate with are those who feel like they're empowered to be who they are who, who feel like they can be free and love freely and, you know, really embrace the fact that they are dynamic individuals. That's who I want to be around. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I got to ask this from a, a conservative <laughs> Republican Christian type of um, perspective, uh, you know, if, or even a black consciousness type of perspective, where the the focus is on healthy families, uh, marriages that stay together, um, you know, children that are healthy and and well adjusted, families that stick together, like the whole family, not just a couple, but the whole family. Uh, the idea of of loving one another without rules. Um, it it just it just sounds scary. Like how how can we actually have an orderly, functional society of intact families without rules? So in terms of you know how do you have families without rules? Like what are the rules for monogamy? Don't have sex with anyone else but me. 
Okay, and does that work? <laughs> no, right. That's a percentage. <laughs> so let's just look at the facts, okay? The rules that are currently in place for modern relationships, which are mostly exclusive and monogamous, they don't work. So the divorce rate, whatever you want to say, 45%, 50%, 55%. Well, what about the rules? Okay, the infidelity rate, 66%. What about the rules? How about the financial infidelity rate, which is where you have partners hiding money from each other? Um, the latest study showed us at 40%. So people try to claim that monogamy is like this, the, like the ultimate you know, relationship structure for human beings in society. But if half of people who get married get divorced, and even the people who stay together is dysfunctional, it's sexless, they're fighting, there's, there's domestic violence, there's, like I said, there's infidelity all over the place, people have, and, and again, for both men and women, both men and women, especially women, you know, here in the last decade or so have been having extramarital affairs at a much, much higher rate than at any time in history. And the reason why is because women are now the breadwinners. You know, even Gabrielle Union made a statement saying, I used to cheat on my ex-boyfriends all the time because I was a breadwinner. Mm. So women are empowered now. They're seeing what it feels like to be in a power position inside a relationship. And they're cheating even more than ever. They've always cheated, but they're cheating more than ever. So like this whole farce, about monogamous culture being the bedrock of society is not true. Now, again, I can look at my situation and say, well, again, I'm almost 30 years married to my first wife. We're in an open relationship, a freedom-based love relationship. You know, our children, we raise them together. You know, we maintain the house together. Um, you know, we still stay in contact with everybody. We're still close. But just because I have another partner or other partners doesn't mean I can't be a father or can't be a husband or can't maintain a household. Yeah, maintain the household and, and also live your life. It's not like, you know, when we say freedom-based love, we're saying, hey, the wife's going to be gone for 200 days out the year from the house. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, no, you, as a husband and wife, you agree, like, look, we're going to do this thing together. We're going to have children. We're going to combine money. We're going to live together. And we're going to do all the things that are required to make us happy and 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 really thrive as a unit. And so nothing's gonna get in the way of us doing that. But along the way, I'm also for my own sanity and for your own sanity and balance, we're also gonna connect with other people. You know, and we're gonna do it in a way that's smart, that makes sense, uh, that doesn't take away from what we're trying to build here as a family. And so this whole concept that you can't create the relationship you want, and that if you don't have a set of rules which nobody follows anyway, <laughs> that, you know, you're not going to be able to relate in a healthy way. I mean, people are just making stuff up. They're lying about stuff. No, when you when you meet somebody and you all agree that, hey, we're going to do this together and here's how we're going to do it, you create your own rules, you create your own agreements, those types of things. Now, one more thing about rules I want to say is uh, I don't really believe in rules yeah. because Rules are punitive whenever you break them. I, I do believe in agreements. So, you know, my me and my wife, we have an agreement. Me and my second wife, we have agreements and we have understandings and we have 
you know, ways that we go about living our life. But no, if my wife breaks a rule, she doesn't get punished. You know, no, rules are for greater society. You break a law or you break a rule at work, then you get punished for that, right? But not inside of a loving relationship. So no, we're agreeing to work together. We're agreeing to do certain things. And if she fails or I fail, it's fine. We just work through it. It's not a big deal. It's not punitive. I'm not angry at her. She's not angry at me. So again, you know, our focus is bringing sanity back to relationships. This whole concept that somehow monogamy and, you know, suppressing who you really are and, and cutting yourself off from the rest of the world, it just doesn't make any sense. Wow. Ooh. Okay. What's going through my head is like, what about um, deadbeat fathers, you know, when, fathers who abandon their children and, and the mother of their children, their wife, uh, you know, this happens a lot, especially in the black community, you know, so are, are those men who abandon their wife and their kids, are, are they operating on freedom-based love? Like, should we just accept those men, even though they left? their wife and their kids, for example? Well, no, though, <laughs> when you're talking about men who leave their families, you're talking about monogamous. These are monogamous unions that broke apart. And yeah, didn't work. yeah, more or less, yes. <laughs> no, not more, but all of them are monogamous based. Yes. It's all relationships under operating under a monogamous banner, operating under the standard dating and relating banner here in the West. Right. So what you got to understand is here's one of the issues with monogamy is that it's when I've never seen or very rarely have I seen people inside monogamy actually tell each other the truth. So one of the things that's built into monogamous relationships in the culture of monogamous dating is people lying to each other. OK, now, where does the line start? Well, it starts in the very beginning when you first meet somebody. You have information about yourself that you know that this person sitting across from you would like to know. Could be how much debt you have, could be your STD profile, could be, you know, the kind of men or women you dated in the past and were they abusive, did you cheat or did they cheat? It could be, you know, the mental health of yourself or other people or of your parents or whoever. Like there's information you have about yourself that you know this person would probably appreciate knowing. But do we talk to each other about those things? No, we don't. So you go into a monogamous dating situation withholding information and putting your best foot forward to this person likes you and that kind of stuff. So what happens is, is people come into these situations and most times, you know, deceiving one another. Like if it, and what happens is they, they know that if, if you know certain things about me, or if you know that, for example, I only want to have sex with you, then because we can't be truthful in this culture about our real intentions, then you are not going to want to date me anymore or you're not going to give me a chance. Even though I was honest with you and I told you that's what I want. I just really want to I'm attracted to you sexually. I don't know you in other ways to really want a relationship per se, but I know I want to have sex with you. So because most people can't really say that in monogamous dating culture, people lie about that kind of thing. Or a woman can't come to a man and say, look, I'm not really physically attracted to you, but because you make a lot of money, I want to be with you. 
You see what I'm saying? Or I want you to take care of me, or I want you to 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 take care of me and my children from other another relationship. Mm. Like I really I'm really looking for safety. I'm I'm looking for protection, I'm looking for coverage. I don't want to work. So she can't say that because again, it, you know, the way we date in Western culture, monogamous culture, you can't be truthful about your intentions. So you have all these people who are, you know, basically lying to each other out the gate. Then they want to act surprised when the person begins to act differently, you know, a month later, three months later, six months later, whatever it is. No, they're acting differently. What are we seeing? We're seeing the truth come out. They're acting in a way that aligns with how they really feel. You might say, well, Rakim, why can't they just talk to the person about what, how they were feeling? Because you don't really love this person to the point where you're willing to hold space for them and accept what they're saying without judgment and without punitive measures being imposed on them. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, we, we just have this culture where we're just highly judgmental. Um, you know, monogamy creates this scenario where I got to pick the one person. I got to be the right person for my entire life. So I got to make sure they, they check as many boxes as possible. Usually when you find somebody like that, guess what? They check a lot of boxes for other people, too. <laughs> so those individuals have options. They I look at you the same way you look at them. You're like, oh, I see them as a husband or a wife. They might see you as just like a, you know, a fun friend with benefits. You see what I'm saying? So because monogamous culture forced you to pick just one, you can't tell the truth about how you really feel. Now let's go to open relating. In open relating, I can tell the truth. The reason why is because I don't have to pretend that you're my all and my everything. We already know in open relating going in, like, look, there's going to be different reasons why we're attracted to different people. So I can talk to women and I tell women the truth all the time. Like, look, I really just want to have sex. Or I really just want to be friends. I don't even want to ever be in a relationship with you. I want a platonic situation where we can just talk on a regular basis. And, like, you're really cool, really funny. Or I can tell women, like, I just want you to, you know, be one of my domestic partners. You see what I'm saying? But you're not going to be the only one. So I can, I can talk to women honestly about how I really feel about them. And openly, you can talk to people honestly about how you really feel. Like a lot of women are coming into that power now. They're saying, look, they can talk to a man and say, look, I'm not really attracted to you like that. But, you know, if you want to put me up in a house, I was talking to my, I won't say who it was, uh, but, you know, one of the members of the school last night. And she was saying, yeah, like a man wants to put her up in the house, wants to buy a house for her and all that. But she's not like super attracted to him. And I was like, well, yeah, you can tell him, like, look, I'm not really attracted to you like that, but here's the arrangement we can work out where you can have me in your life and I can have you in my life. And you don't have the wrong expectations about what I'm going to do and what I want. And I'm not going to be exclusive with you and all these things. So, you know, I'm, it was beautiful seeing her talk about her relationships and potential relationships because she was stepping into her power. And she's able to tell them in the truth. Like she was, he was talking about one of her friends who has, you know, a child by this man. They've been apart for a long time. She said she was able to reach back out to him and say, look, I want you in my life. I'm not going to be exclusive with you. I just want you as, you know, I really like our relationship and our connection. 
But I, you know what I'm saying? Like, but in monogamy, you can't really say that because if you call your, your ex up or your, your child's father or mother, they're going to want to be with you exclusively and want all these things that just don't fit. No, it's a reason why you guys didn't work out in the beginning. You didn't fit. You see what I'm saying? But we can fit this way. You see what I'm saying? And so when people can honor the truth about who they are in relationships, when they can be realistic, stop trying to make everybody your all and everything and allow people to play roles in your life and enjoy those connections, then things can work out amazingly. Okay. I have to ask this because this is something that a lot of my female clients are, are going through. They're involved with a dark masculine man and they do have an agenda. They do want a certain outcome. Oh, and so, you know, freedom-based love, like it doesn't really make sense. And I'm even going to read to you a question that I received from one of my clients, which I, I haven't answered her yet, but I said, you know what, let me bring it up on the call. And she says, what would you say to women when we strongly desire a very specific outcome, but also don't want to feel overly attached to that outcome. Do you think this is a strong case for still being addicted to disappointment? So again, my clients, they do have an agenda. They do want an outcome with their dark masculine man. And so if you're saying freedom-based love, then what does that mean? Does that mean they just have to just love him as he is, even if they never get the outcome that they want? Yeah, you, you, you have to love the man for who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why that concept is so hard here in, in monogamous culture, but let me talk to your, your women listeners. It's imperative that you love the man for who he is. You want him to love you for who you are, right? You want him to respect you and see all these, you know, amazing things about you and, you know, want to get into the, the details of your life and the nuances of who you are and not just look at you as some other woman or a regular woman. You want him to appreciate what makes you unique as a woman, right? But are you willing to do that for him as a man? You see what I'm saying? So that's number one. I, I, again, that should be obvious. But again, in monogamous culture, it's not, right? Mm -hmm. Because again, like you said, we all have our agendas. Mm -hmm. We're trying to manipulate people to fit into our agenda, right? Um, and two, the issue with monogamy as well is that everybody's not going to be able to fit in the way you want them to fit in. Meaning they're not all going to be able to, to provide the things you want them to provide. So it's, it's up to you to find the people who are willing and desire to fit into your life in the way you want them to fit into your life, as opposed to trying to force or trick or manipulate somebody who doesn't want that to do it. So, you know, in open relating, freedom-based relating, you can go find these individuals. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like there are men in the world who want to show up for you in this particular way. But because you're so hyper-focused on just the one, and it's got to be this one, you know, you're going to find that you're going to have a lot of resistance. You know, it's like me trying to force a dog to be a cat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't work that way. So let me let me change up a little bit and just talk a bit okay. about, you know, another challenge when it comes to monogamy. 
um, and why women have a hard time being successful. Again, monogamy, you have to be successful with just one person, right? I want women to understand the level of stress that's involved with trying to make this one person work in a relationship where you want them to work. You know, you know how like people say, yeah, I can talk to my girlfriends and tell them relationship advice. And, but when it comes to my own life, I can't seem to get it right. You, because you're too stressed out. You're too anxious. You're too in, you know, there's too much cortisol being released. You're too, your IQ has been lowered as a result of you being so stressed out. You really can't even think straight when it comes to this one man. You see what I'm saying? Like you've put everything, all your hope, all your dreams, all your energy into this one man showing up in one particular way. And I want your women to understand the level of stress and anxiety and tension with that is through the roof. So much that you can't even tap into your feminine energy to really make the situation better. <laughs> you can't even think straight. You're too hyper-focused on this one scenario, this one man, this one action that he's got to do or the one way he's got to show up. You're too stressed out. You know, the, the way to manifest your life is to be relaxed, <laughs> to be in a place of peace. Give you the, I'll give you all a practical example. Some financial advice that was given to me a long time ago. They, what I was told was, look, Rakim, the best time to get a loan from a bank is when you don't need one. Why? Because when you walk into a bank, they'll see that you pretty much got your stuff together. You're not desperate. And, you, and that you're thinking clearly. And if the bank says no, you don't care. Like, I'll go to the next one. I don't need the money right now anyway. But when you need the money, <laughs> the bankers and all these financial people, they can see it written all over your face. They can see that they can smell the desperation on you. What I'm telling you, ladies, that's how you all looked in with this dark masculine man. Like, you look desperate as hell. Oof. You look crazy as hell. You don't look confident. You don't re look relaxed. And this is why open relationship is important. I tell all my clients, I said, you have to have other partners. Even if you're not into them sexually or whatever, you have to not be in a, in a desperate situation where he's your all and everything. Because you're, let me tell you all, your dark masculine man is not attracted to desperate women. Let me tell you who's attracted to He's attracted to who you were when he first met you, a confident woman. He's attracted to somebody who feels good about themselves, who, you know, sh shows some upside, who, so who shows a level-headedness about her, who shows some feminine energy and all that kind of stuff. So if for nothing else, I suggest women that you have other partnerships and a really nice community around you so that you can at least be somewhat balanced. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because this desperation is not attractive. He's, he's not attracted to it. I'm telling you right now, he's looking for women who are confident and who, who look at him and be like, I can take you or leave you. That's the woman he really wants. Oh, you must have options. That's what he's saying to himself. Like, this woman must have options. She must have a number of men that she can choose or be with or that are in her inbox or whatever. 
So I need to make sure I show up in a way that's very solid. But when, when, when these women show up and they're obviously indicating that he's the only option for her, guess what? It, I mean, and that's human nature. We're all going to be like, if I'm the only option for you, I'm going to have a superiority complex. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to use that power. You see what I'm saying? So it's just is what it is. Like we have to look at this stuff metaphysically and practically to understand. Yeah. So I I have to ask this because I know that my listeners are thinking this. Like what you're saying makes sense. However, you know, women aren't just logical. Women are very emotional, and women who suffer from anxious attachment. The idea of, okay, just love him as he is, just accept him as he is. Like that feels terrifying to the women that I know. Like they don't want to just accept him as he is because that means they may never get what they want from him. Yeah. Uh, so you talk about anxious attachment yeah you know it's understanding like first of all to the women that you're talking to acknowledge that you have um some childhood trauma going on which is why you have anxious attachment so first of all if you don't heal that then you're not going to be able to function as an adult anyway you're not going to be able to have any healthy relationships it's not just oh that's my style healthy no you need to heal. You need to heal that part of you that has you so hyper focused on this one individual to the point where you're willing to throw other aspects of your life away, where you're willing to throw away other great potential partnerships and relationships and marriage. You're willing to throw all that away just for this one particular person. Okay. So number one, you, all these women who are experiencing this, they have to heal themselves. Until you heal yourselves, then you're not going to be in the driver's seat with anything in your life. Once you heal that, what you'll find is, okay, now I have the ability to be inside my feminine energy and tap into, you know, my God self. When you're able to tap into your God self, now I can attract and manifest the life that I want, right? And that means either with this person or with somebody better. Now, if you're not inside your goddess consciousness, then you feel like, well, there can't be anybody better out there than this particular man I'm with. That's that's a woman who's operated out of scarcity. You don't understand. Again, this is, goes back to freedom-based love. The whole point about freedom-based love is that the universe is abundant. There's no shortage of partners. There's no shortage of, of men. There's no shortage of, you know, anything that you want in life. But part of the trauma that people have is they believe there's a shortage. They believe there's only one man in the entire planet that can love me the way I want to be loved. That's a trauma perspective. That's a, that's a non-elevated perspective on life. No, the reality is you can attract it. Now, you don't believe you can attract it. Why? Because you've never really attracted it before. Well, yeah, because you're coming out of a, of, of a trauma, traumatic childhood. And you weren't trained in feminine energy and you weren't trained that you were a goddess and that you were worthy. So, of course, you're not going to be able to attract the relationship that you want. 
But the fact you haven't been able to attract is not because it's not out there. It's because you don't have what you need from a confident perspective and a skill perspective to attract it. So again, let's take a step back. You got to heal the trauma. That's why you're in the situation you're in. That's why, you know, the relationship you're in is a complete and total mess. Once you heal the trauma, learn about feminine energy, learn about God's consciousness. Why is that important? Because once you learn about that, then the world opens up to you. Now you know how to attract better things from him and other people. You know, one of the things I tell my clients is like, look, the goal is not just to attract a partner. The goal is to have a, a number of men around you who are all valid candidates for partnership or marriage, right? And not that you've got to be with all of them, but that you got to change the landscape where all men show up as kings, all men show up as warriors. All men want to want to love and support me. Like you have to change your entire perspective. But you, it's it's hard for people to see that. I can't like it's hard for women to even imagine. Like, wow, like there can be multiple men that I know that are great candidates for marriage, and that that I'm actually attracted to, and who are great sexually. Like, is is that possible? Yes, that's the life I live. Like, the, you know, it's, it's an infinite number of women. Like, you know, I, once I transition out of this lifetime, I will have transitioned and there will be literally thousands of women that I've come in contact with that were amazing women. That they were wife material, you know, beautiful, brilliant, powerful, the whole thing. And I never had a chance to get with them. But not because they weren't worthy or they weren't amazing or they weren't beautiful, because I just didn't have time. Like, you know, I've got other things going on. And that should be how it is for, for women out there. It should be like, you know, by the time you transition out of this life, that you've met hundreds of men who were just amazing and, and you would have loved to get with them. Like that song by Erica Badu, you know, how can I, I forget the exact thing, but how can I love you when I'm already somebody's girl? Oh, yeah. You, next lifetime. Yeah, it's like, yeah, see you next lifetime. Well, it's like, yeah, she, she's supposed to be meeting men all the time that she's attracted to and who are amazing men, even though she's already got a man. But it's like that song, she didn't engage with those men, but <laughs> she's seen all these beautiful men. Abundance. The abundance. That, that, that's what it's supposed to be. Not this thing where... This is the only one I could find. You know, like, what are we talking about? No, heal the trauma. Find some power. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I hear you, Rockham. I really do. But I, I really want to, like, really bring this home because a lot of women have this thing about being in love. You know, the twin flame. Like, like I am in love with this man. So, you know, for them to take on the idea that, okay, well, he's just one of many amazing men. Um, and like, you don't need him to commit to you necessarily or be your husband or whatever. The, the mindset is, no, no, I'm in love with him. I want what I want. I want him. I want him. How do I do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling the women not to be with this particular man or not to love him or whatever. I'm saying heal the trauma so you can improve the relationship. So I'm saying right now the relationship is a, is traumatic and it's, you know, turbulent because you're still dealing with, you know, 
a level of um, trauma from your childhood that you haven't healed yet. Okay. Um, now, being in love, what is in love? You know, like we need to understand that. So, for for anyone who doesn't understand what in love is, remember you're not choosing love, right? You're in love. You've fallen into a state of love for this particular person. Now, is it actually love? No, it's not actually love because you don't love him for who he is and how he shows up, which is why you're always arguing and you always got issues with him. So we we established in the beginning, it's not really love we're talking about. What this looks like more closely when you analyze it, it looks more closely like addiction, right? So the way a lot of these women are acting inside these relationships looks more like addiction, like the same way a gambling addict functions or the same way an alcoholic functions. No, I need this person. Oh, really? So if this person disappears at the plan today, then what happens? You you just die? You 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 don't relate for the rest of your life? Like you see what I'm saying? Like, so no, what happens is this is this is a trauma response. You see what I'm saying? You, that's why it feels like addiction. That's why, because love is not supposed to be tumultuous. It's not supposed to be these ups and like crazy downs and crazy lows and back and forth and ghosting. Like that's not love. That's like again, that's what in, in monogamous culture that's deemed as normal. Oh yeah, you're gonna get your heart broken. You're gonna have fights and arguments and ghosting and lies. Like that's not really. That's not really. Like to accept that for yourself is insanity. Like there's nothing normal about that. You see what I'm saying? And so it's important for these women to understand like, yeah, you can be in love, but what's the, what is it costing you? You see? And, and are, is it actually love? In most cases, it's costing you way too much and it's not actually love. And yes, you can have an experience where you love somebody so deeply and it feels amazing to you without feeling like addiction. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to do. Like, it is possible. Like, in, in a normal scenario, that's how life is supposed to be. Where I go on vacation and, and, and Tahiti was amazing and beautiful. And then I can get to go home and I'm okay. You see what I'm saying? Or I have an amazing experience at the amusement park. Or I, I enjoy my friendship with my friend down the street and we get together almost every day, but then I go home. Mm -hmm. And that's how love is supposed to be. I love my partner. We have a great time together. We have great sex, all these great things. But then I'm still me at the end of the day. I'm still a whole complete being outside of that relationship at the end of the day. And I'm and I can be at peace with that. So it's fine to be in love. It's an amazing thing. But you gotta say, what are, what are you talking about? You're not talking about actually love. You're talking about an addiction. You're talking about, you know, something that's it's not healthy. And and that's why it's so important for women to really cultivate their dark feminine, the sorceress, because the the good thing about that archetype is that she's able to be neutral. She's able to. Um, accept what is, you know, accept what is. And in so doing, I know for me, when I started to just accept Rakem Seku as he is, that's when I really started to love you, like for real. 
And so like when women say to me, oh, he hasn't texted me in three or four days and I feel like I'm going to die or, oh, he lied to me again about something he didn't even need to lie to me about or he cheated on me or he had sex with a 20 year old or whatever. And then I, I say to them, well, the truth of the matter is you love that man, you know, and then like it hits them hard because it's like, but I don't I don't want to I don't want to love him like this like I don't want to I want him to change I want him to change I want him to change and I'm like he he might never change <laughs> and the fact of the matter is you still love him you love him you love him and and so you know like that that resistance to the fact that you just fucking love him I I feel that that's what's fucking up a lot of women and that's what's actually keeping them from really being in their power because you're, you're, you're fighting against the fact that you just love this fucking man. And so when I started to just like let myself admit that, okay, yeah, Rakim did this, this, and this to me, and he hurt me, and, and he's a jerk, and he's an asshole, and oh, I hate him. But really and truly, I love him. I fucking do. And when you just admit that and you just set yourself free, then yeah, you could chill. You could relax. You could be in your feminine. You know? <laughs> So that's not really a question, but I'm agreeing <laughs> with what you're saying. <laughs> yep, no, I agree with everything you said, 100%. Yeah. So uh, we're going to continue this. We're going to do another one of this uh, on um, freedom-based love for couples, for relationships. We're going to do another one this month. I'm going to have my audience send me some questions for you because I know they're going to have questions. <laughs> and uh, But before we go, can, oh, say that again. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to have some questions. They're probably mm-hmm. not going to be my answers, I'm sure. Yeah, because, yeah, the accepting him as he is, there's resistance. A lot of resistance to that. So Before you get into the thing, you know, because you said, um, you know, you had to admit, you know, well, just admit that you love this man. You see what I'm saying? What I want your, your audience to know also is that when you go into a relationship with somebody, you're learning to love that person. So coming into a state of love for somebody is a process. Because most of these people, you even know these individuals. If you don't know them for a year, two years, five years, like you really know this person. Like you're learning to love them. And love is a process from the standpoint of you have to go through certain things and see certain sides of people. Like see them at their highest, see them at their lowest, see them struggle, see, you know see what I'm saying? in order to really be able to understand who they are. And again, the whole point of relationship is so that you can come into a deeper love for your partner and for yourself. But it requires that you, that you go through the process. It, it requires that you do the healing, that you support them in their healing. It requires that you guys persevere through trials and tribulations together. You know, so I don't want your your listeners to think that I'm saying, you know, that there's no hope for them to love their their partner. But, you know, for all relationships, whether it's open or freedom based or monogamous, coming into a true state of love and appreciation and acceptance for your partner is a process that takes years and you have to go through things together. That's the whole concept behind making love. The way you make love with somebody is you go through things together, you persevere through it, and you come out on the other end with a greater appreciation for 
what you all have together and who you are individually. So I wanted to say that. So beautiful. Yeah, I mean, if I never get anything that I want from you, the fact remains that I love you. That's never going to change. And so, you know, when I was fighting that, I was miserable and depressed and angry. So I'm not fighting that anymore. Fuck it. But but because I'm not fighting it, you and I are getting along perfectly now. You know, we, we're getting along perfectly. So yes, ladies, you, you can have a healthy relationship with him. It may not necessarily be marriage or, you know, anything like that, but it might be. But that's not really the point. The point is to be in your power. You know, you chose this man so that you could be challenged to be in your power at all times through all things. That's what this is about. It's about your sorceress. So <laughs> Rockham, where can my listeners find you, follow you, hire you to mentor them? Uh, well, they can find me uh, at the Mystery School. So mysteryschool.live is my, my school where I teach metaphysics and spirituality. Uh, also where I teach about, you know, queen consciousness. So what that means and also goddess consciousness. So I have a new queen queendom course coming up, uh, a webinar on January 22nd. And they can come, you know, they can email me directly, Rakim Sakua Gmail, or they can go to my uh, coaching page, which is carlystevensjr.as.me. Thank you so much, Rakim. I really appreciate your time and energy. <laughs> great talking to you Leslie yeah. so ladies I just want to remind you that we do have two-on-one coaching available where you get both of us and the beauty of that is you get to be in the energy field the vortex so to speak of a dark feminine woman and a dark feminine man who actually get along who actually love one another and who actually do powerful things in the world together so if you want to be in that in that energy field so that it rubs off on you through osmosis so that you can have what we have, then you want to look at getting two-on-one coaching with Rakem Seku and I. So thank you ladies for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Peace and blessings.